Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Ladies. Hey, good morning. Who here has never been here before? Raise your hand. It's your first time. Come on. I love it. Yay, Jesus. Anybody over here? You guys are veterans. This is the veterans area. When you've been here as long as they have, you can sit there too. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, real quick before I, we are going to two services. We're really excited. Um, God is just increasing everything. And so we're, we're, we really believe this is the direction God's taken us. Um, we're not getting smaller. And so that was our first indication that it's a good idea to start looking towards this. So we're really excited. June 4th, um, it'll be awesome. Um, now, Ladies and gentlemen, let's, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> no, come on, I, I, this woman that's about to come up, my wife, I married her, I got her, um, I win, um, every day I win. I'm sure you guys win too often, but I win every day. Um, this is an incredible woman of God. An incredible woman, incredible mom, an incredible friend, and an incredible daughter. Um, she, uh, I, I, just wanna, I just want you guys to know a little bit about her because she may not talk about herself too much. Or she's gonna share a little bit of her story. But I get to brag on her, right? It's not fun to brag on yourself. Um, she, her heart for people, we actually first started dating. She cut our first date short because she had a, a girl that she was mentoring that needed to have uh, some time with her. So she literally cut us off and said, and I've got another meeting now, so you need to leave. <laughs> she has such a heart to, to just to love and um, love women, love everyone so well. Um, she, she oftentimes will be found stopping for people in the parking lots with our kids, asking them what they need, takes them shopping, um, uh, you know, and, and gets them groceries, takes them with her, and says, well, come with me. I don't know what you want. Come on. And, the, and she just, just hangs out with them. She's, she's that incredible, just a, just a lover of people. And I, it is an incredible honor um, that, that, um, that I get to see her speak and share her heart to so many great people that we love. Um, last thing I'll say before I invite her up is she actually wrote a book. Come on, she is an author, and um, it's called Hungry, One Woman's Battle with and Victory Over Anorexia and Bulimia, and she might share a little bit about that, so I won't steal her thunder. It's a phenomenal book about intimacy with the Father, because that is what eventually what will get you free of anything that you're going through, is, the, is connection and intimacy with the Father. She got that before we ever did any ministry school, any kind of like, she, she had that in her heart already. So that is actually going to be um, over on the welcome table out there. Um, I think it's donations, right? Donations. So, you know, any like one, 150, something like that per book. I'm just playing. Whatever you need. Like, honestly, we, we love to give them away too. So if you don't have any money and this is in your heart, you feel like your heart is drawn to this book, um, it's a really big deal. So anyway, um, I'm going to let her talk more, me less. Come on up. Come on, just honor this amazing woman, Jessica. Thank you. 
kind of can't believe I'm up here right now. This is a little bit different than speaking at a 30-person home group. <laughs> Try not to get distracted by all the, all the faces staring out at me. Happy Mother's Day! It's really fun. I brought my children's storybook Bible because it's the best Bible. Have you guys ever read this Bible? It's, you will cry. I cry every morning I read a story to my children, and I, I seriously tear up every time. I'll probably read a little bit of it because it's so good. It's the best written. It's, it, talks, it weaves Jesus through every story, which is why it's so powerful. Because that's what the Bible is, right? <clears throat> okay. I honestly am not 100% sure what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> because God, God is funny. He, he, he likes to make me sweat a little bit. Um, no, I, I do, but I, I, I don't really fully. So um, how do we do this at this church? Is there like a time? Are you going to cue the music? How do I know when I'm done? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just somebody let me know. What I'm t- <laughs> um, yay. Okay. Can you raise this a little higher for me? Um, first, I thought it would be fun to read off a list of mom uh, titles. I thought this was funny. There's all kinds of fun videos on YouTube. I was really sad we have this LED thing because I wanted to play all kinds of fun Mother's Day stuff, but I thought this was funny. These are some of the job titles that moms hold on any given day. Personal chef, head cheer- cheerleader, housekeeper, taxi driver, judge mom, PhD in anger management, hairstylist, bedwetting patrol squad, disposer of hazardous waste materials, food tester, family therapist, toddler resting coach, Errand runner, laundry machine operator, face and hand inspector, teacher, toy repair expert, finance manager, art director, landscaper, potty trainer, search and rescue, champion tickler, lifeguard, daycare provider, personal assistant for the entire family, no thumb sucker enforcer, wardrobe stylist, person or shopper, teeth brushing inspector, PTA mom, playdate coordinator, birthday events coordinator, sleep scientist, scary monster patrol officer, Dramatic storyteller, backyard safety patrol, professional singer, boo-boo fixer, kiss and hug expert, speech therapist, (laughs) and translator, Um, Mrs. Fix-It, fort engineer, stain removal expert, bodyguard, and Lady MacGyver, to name a few. (laughs) Oh, man. Motherhood. All right. So I'm actually, um, I'm actually going to share, let me find my paper. Sorry if my hands are shaking. It, you know, my, I just have to tell my body to align with a piece that my mind carries, and then they'll stop. But just ignore them if you see them. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just wanted to share. I feel like God was speaking to me. I think just being in motherhood, I kind of forget that I have more to give to other people than just my kids. You know, you kind of get in your own modes, whether it's motherhood or whether you're, you know, really pursuing that career or you're really busy in school, you kind of get locked in. And I think um, it's easy for us to just think, well, this is my season right now. You know, I'm, I'm just momming it right now. I don't really have, you know, much to share or much to give. And I, I feel like that's kind of... Um, what God's been speaking to me lately is that, yeah, you're in the trenches of motherhood, but you, that doesn't negate, you know, what you have to give this world. Um, and no matter what season you're in, there's this theme, you know, that God paints in our lives that he is constant. He is never changing, even if we are, even if our seasons are. 
He's never, he's never stopping pursuing us. He doesn't think of us differently just because we feel differently or we feel closer or, or more distant. He doesn't feel those things. He always feels close to us because he knows us so intimately. So I'm gonna, um, let's see here, where do I start? <clears throat> I think one cool thing about God is that God is actually a mothering God. I'm not saying that he's a female, that would be weird. He's God, he's not a man. Um, but he does carry mothering characteristics um, because we're made in his image. He made man and woman in his image. And here are a few things that the Bible talks about God that I thought was really cool that paints this picture of how he mothers us through our different seasons in life. Um, Hosea 11 says, yet God is saying, yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took, it, I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was, I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and I fed them. Isn't that a powerful image of God, how tender he is, how close he is to us, that he wants to be right up against our cheeks, just like an infant snuggling with its mother? I love this picture over here, it's so beautiful. Um, another image of God, like a mother in Hosea 13, it says, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them. <laughs> He's like a fierce mama bear <laughs> when we need to be protected. And in Deuteronomy 32, it says, like the eagle that stirs up his nest and hovers over its young, God spreads wings to catch you and carries you on pinions. And of course, I'm sure many of you heard this one, Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. And that's super powerful because it says even these may forget. Like really, a, a, a woman could actually forget her nursing child? That sounds impossible to me, but how much more is it impossible for God to forget us? Um, I'm gonna grab my water real quick. Thank you. <clears throat> so in these deep, different seasons of our lives, God is like this. He's the same, no matter how we feel. I remember the first season of my life that I wanna share about that um, was really just uh, uh, monumental for me. Just a brief story. I grew up in a Christian home uh, my parents are amazing. They're actually here. <laughs> they taught me a lot about God. My mom uh, sacrificed her Mother's Day by getting up an hour earlier so she could be here. <laughs> so she's amazing. Um, her church starts at 11, so. Anyway, um, yeah, the first season of my life was, um, I grew up a Christian, and you know, I ran away from God just because the, in the church that I grew up in, I didn't really have a deep revelation of the intimacy and the realness, and, and youth group became a, a place where we had sober, sober bowling nights. It was like, okay, we're doing the things the world is doing only without the alcohol, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this really all Christianity's about? That's what it feels like. Come on, where's the power? Where's the fun? Where's the, the Bible stories where people are getting healed, saved, and delivered on a regular basis? And so my heart knew that those things were real, um, you know, the enemy can't create anything new. He created the, the feeling, the euphoria, the joy of intimacy and depth with him and turned it into something we call, now call drugs. And so the human heart craves those things. Um, my heart was craving something more than this earthly walk that we were doing, um, just trying to stay out of trouble was what Christianity felt like. 
And so I ran from God, and I just thought, you know, I have this ticket into heaven. He's really good and forgiving. He'll forgive me when I'm good and ready. Um, God had a better plan than that because he's always wooing us no matter where we are. Um, ran from God, did the whole, you know, party life, whatever, high school, college. Um, but in the back of my mind, I knew he was real. But I just thought, okay, God, well, let me just get this out of my system. Let me go to college first. And then once I'm done and graduated, then I'll set it down, settle down with a nice Christian husband and a white picket fence and go back to church and everything will be great. Just let me get this out first. Um, but God is extremely patient and he doesn't force himself on us. And he waits and he hovers around us. I love the image that um, in Genesis where it says that the Holy Spirit hovered, ho- hovered over the waters like a mother hen brooding over her chicks. He's always there. He's never distant. I remember thinking he had to hide his face from me in, in shame if, if I did something wrong. He doesn't. <laughs> Maybe he can't see or understand sin. I don't know how that works, but he never, he never hides from us. He's not like that. He's not ashamed of us. So he was there hovering around me, and of course, I had people praying for me, my family, and um, long story short, I ended up meeting a campus minister who started chatting with me, and I knew my heart was just pounding. I knew that there was more, more to life than the way that I was living, and I remember going up into my into my apartment, past the keg, past the part, you know, I was in a sorority, so it was like just surrounded by mayhem. I go straight up into my room, throw my hands in the air and say, God, take me back. (laughs) And that was all it took. And he came so powerfully. I felt him like a blanket around me. That hovering spirit that was over me was like, you asked me and here I come. And he just wrapped me in a blanket. He's called the comforter. I felt a literal comforter resting on my shoulders, hugging me. And I'm just weeping and laughing and crying. And like, I can't believe this is real. And I heard him say, open your Bible. Now, my Bible was taken out of an old box because... This campus minister was having me look through scripture, so it was out on my table for once. And he said, open it, and I did one of these. And I turned to Psalms, and I turned to Psalms 116, and it said, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome with trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, and the Lord saved me. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. So good. Um, so that was a fun season. <laughs> um, and, then, and then came the season of actually walking, walking this out because I still had, I was struggling with an eating disorder and I felt like, wow, God's not taking this away from me. Um, I didn't really quite understand it, but there were pieces of my heart that he wanted to uncover and I had to actually do the, do the work of, of digging that out with him um, in order to, to find out what he wanted to say about me. And so um, that was a season of identity, and uh, it was really marked by declarations. You know, our minds are powerful things. I, I once read that your minds think 12,000 to six, wait, is it 12,000? 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And according to some research, as many as 98% of them are exactly the same thoughts that we had the day before. We're apparently creatures of habit. Our minds kind of do this loop. 
And even more significant, hopefully not in our church, but 80% of our thoughts are negative. And if you look at the brain, there's actually grooves on our brain and the thought patterns, I'm sure a lot of you know, so the thought patterns actually form grooves on your brain. So once you think a thought, it's really hard to change those thoughts unless you force it. You have to force your thoughts to think a different way. So while I was having this radical encounter with God, I felt his love for the first time. I was like, this is awesome. I had this loop that would try to, try to steal my joy. And I had to change that loop. Well, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I had to hear his words over me. So what I did was I got a packet of scriptures. Actually, my church handed this out. It was all about identity. Actually, I have it in the back of my book. Like Jesse said, this isn't just a book about eating disorders. You don't have to have an eating disorder to read somebody's story of recovery. It's really about identity. And in the back, I have all the scriptures and declarations that I would speak over myself. And I had this packet it was about like four pages, and I would just, and I was living by myself at the time because I had to move out of my house and, you know, get free from the life I was living. Um, so I was by myself, and I found a church, and they gave me this pack, and I would just pace. I am a daughter of the Most High God, and I would just get violent at the enemy because he was telling me other things. My, my mind was telling me other things. I had to get back at him. I kind of want to read some of this. I should have marked a page because it's powerful, you guys. When you... When you tell yourself who you are, you're unstoppable. Right? <laughs> Some of these are pretty funny. Let's see. <clears throat> Is this good? Is this okay? Just sharing my story. All right. <laughs> I give no opportunity to the devil. I give no place to fear in my life. Fear torments. The fear of man brings a snare, but perfect love casts out all fear. I sought the Lord and he heard my voice and delivered me from all my fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. In righteousness, I am firmly established. I will be far from oppression. I mean, can you just feel that? That's just like four verses. Isn't that powerful? So this is like pages of scripture. You guys, this is a weapon. This is a weapon, and that is how, that is one of the ways I got free from an eating disorder, was just telling myself what God says about me already. God thinks a million thoughts about, you know how many, mo- no, how many thoughts a mom thinks about their kids? We were just on this staff retreat, and yeah, we had a great time, and you know, I tried not to check in, you know, with my mom, there my parents were watching our kids, I, we have two kids, and um, you were having a great time, but you still think about your kids, You kind of can't stop thinking about your kids. God doesn't stop thinking about us. He has so many thoughts and so many things to say about who you are. Not just, you know, general things that you could speak over anybody because that's who he made us to be as his kids, but very personal, intimate things. And he's always speaking. So I encourage you guys to get a journal and start writing down what he says. Just ask, I dare you guys, ask him what he says about you because it's really good because you are his prized possessions, and he's really in love with each one of you. He's really proud to be your dad. Um, yeah, so that was, um, that was a fun season. I, uh, I ended up being a full-time campus uh, minister at the time after I went through a season of, of recovery. You know, I went to, not only was I doing this, but I also actually went to a, um, with a counselor and everything like that. And um, I just felt like, 
I want to mentor women and I really want to speak about identity and I really want to help, you know, women know who they are as beautiful daughters. And so I was a full-time campus missionary, basically was on USD's campus in San Diego mentoring women and starting different things there. Um, it was super fun. And I had a lot of time to be just with the Lord. I wasn't married yet. I didn't have my kids yet. So I felt like I just had a lot of time to carve out for just me and him. So I would come into my room, you know, when I wasn't up on campus, and I would just, it was like there was almost like an altar in my room. Because every time I came into my room, I had worshiped there for so many times that it would just, his presence would just wreck me. And there was just a grace on that season. I would just, you know, have my little playlist that I had. And I think I had an iPod at the time, something really awesome. And uh, <laughs> now we just have our phones. But, um, and I had my journal. And I would just, I mean, I would just get wrecked. He would just minister to me. And there's times where I would be falling flat on my face back in, the, you know, an eating disorder habit or thought. And I just, you know, I remember one song in particular, John Mark McMillan, he has a rad album called The Sound and The Song Inside the Sound of Breaking Down. And that was kind of a season that I felt like, yeah, this is this is my album right now. And um, I remember just yelling out, Son of David, don't pass me by. And just just getting intense with the Lord. And um he, he's just fun. He meets us. Sometimes you just need to get hungry. Sometimes you just need to yell out to him. Um, and he meets us. So it was a rad season. And I feel like um, talking about seasons, it's easy to look at seasons like that where you feel like, wow, I had all this time with God. His grace was on it. Like anytime I cried out to him, I felt him. I was journaling like crazy, writing poetry. I mean, stuff was just flowing out of me. And then something shifts and you move into a, a different type of season. And I met my husband and everything, you know, it was great. We're learning how to be one. That's a totally another topic. And then enter in some babies into your life. It could be a new job. It could, you know, insert whatever is relatable to you um, that keeps your life busy. Um, and I had to learn how to meet God in a whole new way. And at first it was, I felt like, man, you know, the first year, it's like, okay, there's grace, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing. I, I have this human that I can't control. This is hard. <laughs> like, I can't make her sleep. I am just, ah, it was a rude awakening, this motherhood thing. Nobody can really prepare you. I read a lot of books. Those didn't, didn't prepare me. Um, <laughs> there was no manual on Reagan Renee Skinner. Um, <clears throat> but I think, I, looking back, I was almost making an excuse for why I, I couldn't be close to God or feel close to God. It was like, well, when I have more time, or when she finally sleeps through the night, or when, you know, I feel more awake or whatever, you know, I try to be with God, I fall asleep, and it, it was like, when this happens, then I'll feel closer to God, and God's like, I'm hey, I'm right here. I never, I never actually left. My relationship with you is still close. I still remember those times that you spent with me as if it was a minute ago. Like, he's infinite. He's outside of time. So I remember feeling guilty and feeling like, man, I just am not spending enough time. I'm just not journaling. That's why I don't feel close to you. 
And yeah, there is an aspect of that. When we spend more time with somebody, we feel closer to them. But not to beat ourselves up and feel like, man, he's not going to meet me because I haven't put in the hours. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of friend is that? (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) No, he's, he's there. And so... In this season, and my kids are now five and th- almost three. My son is almost three. Um, I'm just learning how to meet God in different ways and how to be okay with snippets of time with him and how to be okay with, um, you know, I might be unloading the dishwasher or whatever and just have a single thought that comes to my mind and chatting with God. And of course, I'm interrupted five times to get a snack or get the craft box out or wipe a spill or whatever. Um, and it doesn't feel, I'm not shaking on the ground, you know, (laughs) I'm not like dancing in my room. Um, but he doesn't change. He's the same. And our intimacy with him is the same. Um, so just to encourage you, whatever, you know, if you're in a season where you feel super close or we're in your season where you feel busy and you feel like, man, well, when I get here, then it'll be better to not let our minds do that, to just enjoy where we are and enjoy the season that we're in and be okay with how we find ways to connect with him. And he'll help you too. I've asked him to like, God, do you have any more creative ways I can meet you? I've tried the 5.30 thing. My kids wake up at 6.30. I'm, I'm always sloking, what they call soaking, sleeping. I'm like, I just fall asleep. <laughs> it might work for a couple days and then I'm right back at falling asleep again. I'm like, Jesus, you need to help me get creative here so I found interesting just ways and have to be okay with, you know, the, the little snippets that I get um, with him. Let's see if I want to use any of the notes that I wrote. <laughs> uh, this is okay. I'm just sharing. I don't know. I'm just sharing my life. I just feel like this is family. I just, uh, yeah. Um, mm, let's see where we are here. yeah yeah God's really good we just get to experience him differently in different seasons of our life sometimes we need him as our comforter sometimes we need him as our cheerleader sometimes we need him as our life coach I don't know it's depending on the season he loves showing different aspects of himself to us and sometimes it's a, it's a more challenging season. Maybe it's a season of loss where you feel like um, you're just going through some hard stuff. Um, hmm. This last year has been challenging in a couple ways. I, I, think the, I think a theme that God has been speaking to me about is keeping my heart soft and keeping it open. Um, no matter what season you're in, it's not hard in our hearts or say it's just okay, um, but to be vulnerable with somebody. If you're having a hard time with the Lord, to share that with somebody, not to pretend like it's great when you have all these underlying feelings. Um, and then especially when you're having a you know, more difficult season, to bring people close to you. We, uh, we've actually, I was like, am I supposed to share this? Um, so this last year, we've lost, we've lost four babies. We've been pregnant four times, and I've got to carry them about 10 weeks. 
um, and we've had to say goodbye. And it's been a, um, it was a season of learning how to keep my heart super soft and super real with how I'm feeling. Um, and not just saying it's okay and crying by myself all the time, but actually inviting friends into that place um, and being okay with being super mad at God and confused. And I mean, I, I remember the first time it happened, I literally tore my house apart. I just got mad and I was like, I'm just gonna let this out. And Jesse took the kids to the park and I just, just threw stuff. Uh, sometimes you just need to let your heart feel um, and not shove your emotions down because you're a Christian and you have to be happy. Um, but let your heart feel and experience what it needs to feel in order to heal. Because if we don't let it feel all the emotions it needs to feel, we might cover it up with something. And then years down the road, it's still aching and it hasn't properly healed so I got to take all my emotions to God and just figure out how to mourn. I'd never lost anything like that before. It's, <clears throat> it, was, it was really hard. Um, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what my heart needed. I didn't know how to mourn. And sometimes we go through something where we don't really know what we need. And that's okay to say, I don't know what I need. I'm just really sad. Or I don't know what I need. I just, can you just hang out with me? Or can you just tell me I'm awesome? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, sometimes we just don't know what our hearts need, but to not, to not negate what, what your heart needs just because you're not sure or because you think it has to be happy now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, God was, God was super patient with us in that season, just trying to figure out how to let our hearts feel and get mad and get sad and ask him the tough questions like how could you and why would you take my babies and of course he didn't take our babies but I had to let my heart actually speak out what I was thinking just to get it out just to like and then he's like he meets you and he's like and he just the revelation of his love just hits you deeper I feel like when you're real with him um because there's no weirdness between us now. It's like any other relationship. It's like get that white elephant out of the room between you and God, get it out, and then there's like a way deeper connection that happens between you and him because now you're not hiding something from him. You're never hiding something from him because he knows everything, but you know, it's like, okay, now that's out. Now we can hug. Um, so he loves, he loves meeting us in those places. In any season that you're in, He's really good at handling our, our emotions. <laughs> He's really good at it. Whether we're throwing a tantrum <laughs> or a mess on the floor or just in a happy season. He's really good at handling all of our emotions and meeting us in the places where we are. It's pretty phenomenal. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, just, I just wrote, when you feel at your weakest, but you keep your heart open. That's such a powerful thing. When you feel at your weakest, but you keep your heart open to him in any season that you're in. <clears throat> hmm. <laughs> yeah, so let me just, I'm actually gonna close. I'm just gonna pray for us. Um, pray for our, our seasons of life. 
Yeah, God, I just, I thank you so much, Lord, for each of these amazing people, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons that you brought here today, that you handpicked every one of us, that you fashioned us in our mother's wombs, you chose every detail of our personality and characteristic to be alive today for a specific purpose. You haven't overlooked a single one of us. You're not distant just because we might feel like you are or we haven't spent enough time with you, haha. <laughs> You're always close and you never change your affections. Your love is always pointed right at us. Your eyes are always filled with adoration as you gaze upon us. You're always proud of us. You're proud of who you created. <laughs> you delight in us. And I just bless every one of us here today to feel that delight. Yeah, that you would just open your hearts right now to feel his delight over you. I just see him just gazing at you, just delighting. And your heart might say, yeah, but what about, he's like, no, I delight in you. And I am so proud of you. And I am here to hold you through every season I am here to be with you through every season. I will be your cheerleader. <laughs> I will be your comforter. I will be your hug. You can snuggle right up to my cheek. I'm not scary. <laughs> I'm not mad. He's so in love with us. So thank you, God, for meeting us in whatever season we find ourselves in, that you're a constant and you never change and you never fail us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.